Hi, church family. I'm so glad that we have this ability to connect online. We're about to go into one of our messages and I pray it blesses you. If it does, make sure you share it with a friend and, and share the love around. Make sure that you click like or subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages that we upload weekly. And jump in the chat so that we can connect. Even though it's virtual, let's make sure that we connect. So sit back, enjoy, and I pray that you're inspired and blessed. I want to bring a word tonight around um, generations, around us as the church. And so, um, you know, this, this last couple months of this year, I've had this stirring in my heart and this urgency on my heart um, that there are things that us in this generation of our city, of our church, there are things that have been left for us by the last generations that we need to pick up. There are things that we need to pick up. And so there's this concept in, um, you know, building um, wealth and different things like that and making things build generationally that I've learned recently. I'm studying my um, MBA right now and I have Pastor Sam to blame for that because he did it and then he made me do it and now I'm doing it. And I nearly finished, I finished this year. So um, it's awesome. But uh, this concept that we've been, we've been thinking about and learning about is building generational wealth, but really this goes beyond wealth. And so I'd love if you could chuck that diagram on the screen that would be awesome and um, it's this concept where um, the first generation pioneers let me move out of the way the first generation pioneers the second generation builds and the third generation has the ability to inherit and build or inherit and dismantle and so tonight I want to talk to us um, about the gap between these two things and the title of my message if you're taking notes tonight is the gap is honor the gap is honor and, you know, when we're looking at building um, generationally, when we're looking at building generational, um, not just wealth, but really blessing or curse the things that, you know, we know, I know for us, I'm so aware as, you know, just a woman in my late 20s now, we're in our late 20s. That's crazy. In our late 20s now that, you know, everything that I have, I didn't necessarily build for myself, but somebody went before me and built what I have, that I get to stand on the inheritance of people who've gone before me. For me, my family, um, you know, as I mentioned, we are Burmese and my parents immigrated to Australia 30 years ago so that they could escape poverty, so that they could escape um, tyrannical, you know, military government kind of leadership so that we could have a future and a hope. And if they didn't do that 30 years ago, I wouldn't be able to live the life that I live. I would never in no way have met Chris and, you know, had Harlow and all those kinds of things. So we have this responsibility to understand and honor what has gone before us so we can understand how to build for the future, so that we can understand what we need to build and not dismantle for the future. There is heaps of biblical examples of this. In the Bible, um, you know, there's so many examples of this, but really what I want to talk about tonight is the example of Elijah, Elisha, and Gehazi. And, um, you know, maybe you're here for the first time and, you know, all of this sounds a little bit ambiguous to you, I want to let you know that this is important for you too, because you might be starting a new generation of Christians in your family, that as a first generation Christian tonight, you might not have even made that decision yet, but you're about to, and tonight you're about to build a new inheritance for your generation. So Elijah, Elisha, and Gehazi, the first generation of Elijah. 
He was commissioned by God to bring redemption. He had a responsibility on his life to bring redemption to the wayward nation of Israel. He had this responsibility on his shoulders and um, because of their rebellion, because of their idolatry, because of their idol worship, because of the things that they put above God, um, his calling, you know, was to lead this nation back into a place of reverence and back into a place of repentance unto God. And then there was the second generation that came after him. He had his apprentice. Um, Elisha, he, he called out Elisha and said, you know, I want you to take this mantle and inherit this mantle, this ministry of redemption. And when it came to the time of transition, um, you know, Elijah had to physically take off this mantle. In, in that day, they literally wore a thing that was called a mantle and he had to take this mantle off and he, stroke, or he struck the river um, a couple times and there was, you know, a, a great witness of about, I think it was 50 prophets watching, um, who was watching this take place. And so this is taking place and Elisha had to physically go and pick it up. And 50 prophets watched and honored the anointing and it, they watched it transition to Elisha. That was the second generation. And now the third generation, Elisha picks an assistant named Gehazi, who had been with him, seen all these great miracles, seen them go into towns, into cities, into different places, doing the hand of God, literally seeing the dead raised, seeing, um, you know, Elisha perform miracles, seeing him do phenomenal things in the name of God. And Gehazi comes to this point and Elisha, you know, wants to pick him, but Gehazi comes to this point where he ends up essentially giving up this mantle just for a bit of cash, pretty much. And so we kind of see here that because of his unfaithfulness, because of his selfishness, that he actually chose his own wealth and his own comfort. And we saw this blessing that would continue on for generations become dismantled with his decision. And so, you know, I believe that as we talk about this tonight, and like I said, you might be here and you're 10 or you're 15 and you're going, this is something for the older people. This starts right now for you. Or maybe you're here and you are some of the wisest in the room. And, you know, maybe for you here tonight, there are some mantles that you've left dormant maybe for decades that God's calling you to pick up again. And tonight I want to challenge us and talk through this. So Hebrews 5 Verse four to five says this in the Passion Translation. It says, no one takes this honor upon himself by being self-appointed, but God is the one who calls each one, just as Aaron was called. So also Christ was not self-appointed and did not glorify himself by becoming a high priest, but God called and glorified him. For the Father said to him, you are my favored son. Today I have fathered you. And the cool thing about blessing and inheritance in the scripture is it is past. It is passed down from generation to generation. But one of the greatest things is that God is not looking for us to have, you know, a certain set of degrees or skill sets or anything that qualifies us. God is calling us already as his sons and daughters, the same way he called Jesus. He's calling us as his sons and daughters to be called, to be favored today. And so ultimately, this promise is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God. We are children of God. And so my first point tonight is to honour the anointing. Honour the anointing. The mantles and the blessing and the inheritance that flows from the, the fathers and mothers of faith that have gone before us, that flows to us as spiritual sons and daughters of the ones who've gone before us. We need to honor the anointing that they walked in. We need to honor the anointing on those who've gone before us, honor the anointing on those who are coming 
after us. You know, I think what's so cool is that when God calls us and when God qualifies us, that all we have to do to co-labor with one another is honor. All we need to do is honor one another. And I find that often the gap between the generational inheritance that gets dismantled is honor. The gap is honor. And so honor the anointing. You know, mantles and blessings, they flow. And honor requires recognition. So we need to recognize the things that have happened before us, the things that have gone before us, the people that have gone before us. What does that mean? We need to have eyes to see. Eyes to see, when we look around this place, the phenomenal things that have happened right here at City Point Redcliffe. There were amazing people of faith who built this place on their hands and knees, but also in the spirit, in faith. And when we have eyes to see, not just the great walls and the great facility, we can actually have eyes to see and recognize the anointing and the generations that went before us. But then also to have ears to hear, ears to hear the stories is to listen to the stories of those who've gone before us and a heart to value, a heart to value those who've gone before us, but also those who are coming. You know, I love the thing about honor is that honor allows you to receive from anyone. So who you honor is who you will receive from. When we can acknowledge each other and what each other carries, we can receive from what each other can impart. Do you know each and every single one of you have an anointing from God to carry that you are called to this earth to impart into other people? And when we can acknowledge that each other, we carry the anointing of God, when we can honor that in one another, have eyes to see that in one another, a heart to value that in one another, that's when we can see the blessing flow through the generations. When we can honor that in each other, this leaves no room for jealousy in the kingdom of God. You know, I look at people in this, in this room and I know so many of you are very multi-talented kinds of people, but it leaves no jealousy for us when I can honor what God has put in your life. I don't have to be jealous of what you can do or what you have or the kind of family you have or the business you have or whatever, because I can honor that God has appointed you for that and anointed you for that. And now I can receive from what you carry. It isn't age or title that determines whether you can receive from somebody. It's just simply the honor I choose to give them. The gap is honor. When we can honor what each other carries, we can receive from them, learn from them, those beside us, those gone before us, and those coming. I believe there is an anointing on the generation coming through right now. They have an anointing for praise. They have an anointing for breakthrough. And if we can honor that, we get to receive from that. There is anointing. And I know that this is so true about this story about Elijah and Elisha. You know what happened when Elijah put down his mantle? Elisha had to physically pick it up. And mantles are picked up, not passed. Destinies are picked up, not passed. We have a responsibility that we can see somebody might put down a mantle, but we have a responsibility to pick it up. You might see right now that there are things happening in our church, in our city, in the spiritual climate around us, and there's things going on. We often wonder, who's going to fix it? Maybe it's you. Maybe God has called you to pick up an anointing to be a part of the solution for the things going on in our city. You may be a first generation Christian here tonight. You have reset the bloodline for your generation to come. You have reset the inheritance of blessing for your generations to come. You get to cut off every curse under the pit of hell and say, you know what? That's not coming into my future. That's not coming into my kids' futures. That's not gonna be in my generational line any longer because it ends with me. 
You get to pick that up. You might be, you know, a first-gen Christian who can actually live a life worth inheriting. Maybe you inherited a life that wasn't so worth inheriting. And that's okay. You get to decide today. It ends with me. It ends with me. You know what? Abuse ends with me. Addictions end with me. I know for, for Chris and I, for, um, for my family, you know, for, for generations, men in my family were literally taken out from alcohol addictions and alcohol abuse and all sorts of things over the generations. And I remember being young and about 16, maybe 15 or 16, hearing this um, for the first time from my mum about the men in our family. And I just made this inner resolve in myself that I just wouldn't touch alcohol because I didn't wanna have my generation also taken out by alcohol. And at the same time, which is so funny, is because at the same time, Chris is a few years older than me, and at that point in his life, he was, you know, touching a lot of alcohol. And, um, you know, he was not exactly in the best spot with the Lord at that time. And it was soon after that, that the Lord spoke to him and said, don't touch alcohol ever again. And, you know, this is our conviction for our family. This is our resolve. But what that has done is, you know, that's not something that had like a six or 12 month or, you know, like six day fast kind of timer on it. It was something that had like, a just God, just until God says otherwise, we don't touch that in our family. And I'm so thankful for that because I know without a shadow of doubt, a shadow of a doubt that, you know, the men in my family are not going to be taken out by alcohol any longer. That ended with us. That ended with our generation. So mantles are picked up. They're not passed. Destiny is picked up, not passed. For most of us inheriting, we, a lot of us are maybe second or third or fourth or eighth generation Christians here today. And you know, we are inheriting what we have in our lives. So we have a responsibility to pick up what the generation who's gone before us have built and build upon it yet again. You know, so much in our society today and in modern Christianity is like post-truth. We're in a post-truth era and, you know, people want to deconstruct and people want to step away from the tradition of the church and people want to deconstruct everything that was built before them. Can I challenge us today that we would honour what has happened before us, that we would honour the inheritance we get to stand on and choose to pick it up and build again. I would hate to think that I dismantled things that the generation who went before me built for my generation's sake, but I would hate to think that I was the generation that came and dismantled it all. But actually we have this responsibility to pick up these mantles and build again, build again. Most of us have opinions about what went on before us. Most of us have a different perspective about the way things were done that went on before us. And the reality is, is those things don't matter. But when we can choose to close the gap of with honour, to close that gap with honour and say, you know what, God, yes, I may have my opinions, but I surrender them to you. And I'm going to pick up a mantle to build again for the sake of the generations coming. We need to recognize that there are mantles laying dormant in our lives that God is wanting to move through. Today, you might have been a prayer warrior maybe decades ago, and God's asking you to pick up the mantle of prayer again. Maybe you were a you know, worshiper who just worshiped undignified in your younger years, and it's been a little while since you know, you've let the elbows, rusty elbows kind of move again like that. And God's asking you to pick up a mantle of worship again so that a young generation can see what it looks like to live a life on fire for God. Maybe you need to pick up a mantle of the prophetic and actually start prophesying a spirit of life into your situations. Maybe it's a mantle of generosity and you are going to be a part of making this architectural engineering and, 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 and evangelism take place for this church, not for your glory, but to build something that the next generation can inherit and say, you know what, I'm so thankful that the generation who went before me built something I could inherit.
Our generation, is, uh, our generation are professionals at virtue signaling. We're so good about talking about these things. We're so good about talking about what's wrong in the world today and doing an Instagram post about faith, love, hope and hoping that'll be enough. But that's not enough. It's not enough to virtue signal in our day and age anymore. We, I believe that we are called as even a Nehemiah generation again to build, pick up a sword and fight and a, and a, 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 a what is it called? A trowel. I'm trying to say shovel and trowel and it's coming up as nothing, which could end up really bad. But a, a shovel again and to fight with one hand and build with the other. God is calling us to not just be professional virtue signalers, but be professionals at honour, be professionals at picking up mantles again. Talking about it, complaining about it, posting about it isn't gonna change anything. It does not build the kingdom, but when we can pick up mantles again, when we can pick up the new wine that God is pouring out, we aren't here to just say, God, would you build your church? We're here to say, God, I'm willing, send me. I'm willing, whatever it is, Lord, send me. Maybe today you need to pick up a mantle for purity for your generation. Maybe you need to pick up a mantle of generosity again and that above and beyond kingdom building millions of dollars in the kingdom kind of generosity. Maybe you need to pick up a mantle of prayer and get back in that prayer closet and back on your knees and hands and face before God for the sake of the salvation of your kids. Maybe it is, I don't know what it is. You might know what it is. God knows what it is and He will tell you tonight. Another thing tonight is to honour the assignment. When we can honour the mission and assignment on each other's lives, we will actually be more effective in the kingdom of heaven. There won't be competition, division, disunity, but when we can have this agreement about honouring, you know what, you're called to that and I'm gonna pray for you in that. You're called to be a great influence in schools and I'm gonna pray, pray with you and partner with you in prayer. I'm gonna honour the assignment on your life. I'm gonna honour the assignment on your life to be a phenomenal mum or dad and build healthy homes. I'm gonna partner with that and honour the gift that's on your life. Honor the mission and the assignment that's on your life. We will see this, you know, I, I find it so funny when we don't honor the assignment on each other's lives. We see it all through Genesis, this like full on sibling rivalry taking place over and over and over and over again. We see it through so many people in the Bible where the siblings, the brothers and sisters, just for some reason could not honor each other and kept trying to rip each other down, tear each other down. There's so much sibling rivalry and I would hate for us as this generation of the church to continue to compete and find ourselves disunified because your assignment looks better than mine or your assignment looks you know, more, more famous than mine or glorious than mine or glamorous than mine. But if we can honor the assignment on each other's lives, the calling, the destiny, the mantle we've chosen to pick up and say, you know what, I back you. I back you in prayer. I'm partnering with you to build with you. Then together we can be so effective for the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 12 verse 50 says, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. We are bound together by the DNA of Jesus Christ and the mission of heaven to bring heaven to earth. We are bound together as kingdom family. When we can honour what each other are called to, we can co-labour with each other, not be in competition with each other. You know, what will we leave for the next generation to inherit? Our opinions or our faith? Our truth or biblical truth? Our wake of destruction or actual divine destiny? Will we leave for the next generation curse or blessing? 
Will we leave for the next generation deconstructed beliefs or godly resolves? Will we leave for the next generation roadblocks or roadways and highways to revival? And the last thing tonight is to honor the alignment. You know, kingdom family is covenant. It's not contractual. We don't love each other because we're in the same church. We love each other because we are sons and daughters of God, bound together by Jesus Christ, bound together by the mission of heaven. We have a covenant relationship. The gap is honor when we can't come into alignment under the same name, the same truth, and the same power of Jesus Christ. We can honor the alignment. You know, Paul in the Bible, who wrote literally so much of the Bible and and from jail, and Paul was destined for greatness even when he was Saul who killed Christians. And the crazy thing about Paul is that he had his road to Damascus encounter with God, where God, you know, completely transformed him. But it actually wasn't until Paul came under the alignment of the church of Antioch that he started to flow in the gifts and the anointing on his life. It was when he came under the alignment and the submission under the church of Christ, under the church of Antioch, to actually come into this place where he was repentant, but he was also submitted. He was in alignment, firstly with Christ. He was in alignment with Christ so that he knew what his destiny was. But secondly, he honored the alignment of the church, the body of believers, the body of Christ, where he could be under that submission so that he could then flow in his assignment, then flow in his anointing. There his gifts were unveiled, there his talents were discovered, and there his destiny was aligned and his works glorified God. You know, maybe you're here tonight and, and, you know, to be honest, if you're honest with yourself, you're out of alignment with God. You're out of alignment with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've, you've never even put yourself in a place where you've come and you worship God and you love Him, but you've never actually gone, God, Jesus, you are my Savior. I don't want to be like the Israelites who were worshiping idols. I want to just worship you and you alone. Or maybe you're here today and you're going, to be honest, I haven't come in alignment with, with the house, with the body of Christ. And today you want to come into alignment with the body. And, you know, this, these, both of these parts are so important to our faith. Both of these parts are so important to us being able to outwork the anointing that each of us have been called to, each of us have been destined to. And I want to read this quote. It says this. It says, Each successive generation should find an exponential release of the Lord's blessing, provision, and power if they have faithfully served the previous generation. Both the blessing and the curse operate the same way. If generational sin is passed on and perpetuated in the succeeding generation, that sin and curse will grow in all dimensions. But if the generational covenant, callings, mantles, ministry and blessings are passed on to a submitted, faithful generation like Elisha, the inheritance will grow in scope and power.